It's Matt Warren, editor-in-chief at buffalorumlings.com and the host of Buffalo Rumlings Q&A on the Buffalo Rumlings Podcast Network. As always, you can send in your questions for next week's episode using our voicemail line and text line at 716-508-0405. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. It'll go right to voicemail at 716-508-0405. You can tweet us at rumblingsqa. That's with the word and spelled out in the middle. Email us, buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. You can send Instagram or Facebook messages as well to the official Buffalo Rumblings accounts. And they'll make their way to me. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about my most recent contract projection for Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen after I released it on Monday morning. Questions just started flooding in to the comments section at buffalorumlings.com and on Twitter to the official Buffalo Rumlings account. Uh, So I figured I would uh, shift our focus of today's podcast uh, to deal exclusively with that because there are so many questions and clarifications around that. So in order to answer those questions, let's first talk about the contract projection. We need to start with the premise that Josh Allen is going to be the highest paid player in the NFL, at least for a little bit of time, um, depending on when this contract is signed. Um, You know, both general manager uh, Brandon Bean and Allen have have spoken about their desire to get the contract done this offseason. But I think that's a long shot with the Bills salary cap space that they have this year, uh, roughly nine million dollars. And the fact that not just 2021 is already a guaranteed season under contract, but 2022 is a guaranteed season under contract uh, for Josh Allen. The Bills exercised the fifth year option, so he's already under contract he's already getting guaranteed money next year so there's no incentive really for anyone to do a deal this offseason when there's still two years of football left until he's going to hit the market and then they could still use the franchise tag if they wanted to i just don't see the incentive to rush um you know if you, if you want to say yeah well they should get ahead of the lamar jackson and baker Mayfield contracts i would say the same thing to the browns and um and the Ravens like why do Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson need a contract right now when they already have two years of guaranteed money between now and then so I don't see the necessity for the Bills Ravens or Browns uh, to get their quarterbacks under you know some sort of long-term deal anytime soon at the same time and I know this is like probably the most controversial take in the entire podcast at the same time we've only seen one season out of Josh Allen at this level. Um, you know, you go and look at the Los Angeles Rams or the Philadelphia Eagles who gave long-term extensions to guys they weren't 100% sure about, and you know, they were handcuffed by those contracts. They were able to trade them, uh, but they were handcuffed by them. I'm not saying that Allen's going to regress to the point of, say, Carson Wentz or um, you know some of those other quarterbacks that have fallen by the wayside, but you know it's at least some concern that Josh Allen's done it for one year in stadiums with little to no fans. So, I, I mean, wanting to see it again isn't the worst thing in the world. Um, and again, that's probably going to be the most controversial take in the entire podcast today. 
But in any event, it's a thought experiment about projecting like if Josh Allen signed a contract extension this offseason, what would it look like and how would it be structured? And that's the important part because like anybody out there can just be like, oh, he's going to get a you know four-year contract worth more than Dak Prescott just signed for. Well, that's fine. You can do that. But how is it going to be structured? How is it going to be broken down? And that's what I provided in the article. If you're a visual person like me, hop over to buffalorumblings.com and check it out. The, the first of the three contracts that I laid out as comps for Josh Allen was the Patrick Mahomes deal. And I'm very blunt about this contract. I think it's one of the worst player contracts in the NFL. Um, a lot of Bills fans are pointing to this contract as like the ideal, what they want Josh Allen to do. And that's fine. If I was a Bills executive or if a Bills you know fan, which I am a Bills fan, I would want the same thing because it's such a team-friendly deal that it's almost laughable. <clears throat> uh, Mahomes is going to be paid just $11 million in the first year of his of his new contract. Uh, he got the $10 million signing bonus plus his base salary. He'll make $23 million in year two. And then uh, year three is $30 million. So in the first three years of his deal, he's making $64 million. That sounds like a lot to me. But then you look at Dak Prescott, and he he got $60 million just for signing the contract. So Mahomes is going to make as much in the first three years as Dak Prescott did by just signing his name to the contract. So it's a bad, bad deal for Patrick Mahomes in that regard. You know, he gets a huge average annual salary, but most of that isn't until later in the contract when who knows where quarterbacks' salaries are going to be, you know, 10 years from now or eight years from now. You know, so he might be like the 15th or 16th highest paid quarterback by then. He's not going to know that because he signed a 10-year contract. So, you know, back to that. He makes $64 million in his first three years. Um, his first $40 million season isn't until year four in 2023. So it's just not a very good contract for Patrick Mahomes. It's a great deal for the Chiefs. Um, the two contracts that I think are much, much more likely to be used as comps by both the Bills and by Josh Allen, but especially by Josh Allen, um, are the Deshaun Watson and Dak Prescott deals. A year ago, Deshaun Watson signed for four years, $156 million. And then this year, Dak Prescott bested him by a million dollars a year, four years, $160 million. Now, Prescott also got $22 million more in guaranteed money, which is a big deal, obviously. Um, and so what I did was I kind of took these two deals and merged them together. Prescott famously waited until he became a free agent to sign his deal, whereas Watson signed his contract before the last year of his rookie deal, which changed the numbers. And what we're talking about with Josh Allen, him signing a contract extension this offseason, would be the same thing that Watson did, signing a, a, a new contract before the final year of his rookie deal, which allows him to spread out the cap hit. The Cowboys, to spread out Prescott's deal, added two void years at the end so they could spread out the signing bonus and restructure bonuses that were built into the contract over multiple years, um, including after he was done playing with the team, or at least after the original term of the contract. For Watson, they were just able to spread it out over five years, even though it's a four-year extension. They were able to spread it out over five years, which is what I suggested with Josh Allen's contract. I wanted it to include um, 
almost or as much in um, in guaranteed money as Dak Prescott's. Um, well, sorry, it has more guaranteed money than Dak Prescott. It doesn't quite have as much bonus money as Dak Prescott, um, just because he signed just an absolutely massive signing bonus so that the Cowboys could spread it out over five years. Um, so it has to have more average annual value than Prescott and um, more guaranteed money. So what I came up with was just a $1 million a year increase. The same thing that happened from Watson to Prescott, a $1 million a year increase. I did from Prescott to Allen. Four years, $164 million. So that's $41 million in average annual valuation. Instead of $90 million guaranteed, which is what Prescott signed for, I put $96 million fully guaranteed. So that puts him you know, at the top of the pay scale in pretty much every sense. A $15 million signing bonus this offseason would be prorated over the five total years of the contract. And so Buffalo's salary cap commitment in 2021 would only be raised by $3 million. So they could actually sign this contract this year and then not have to worry about the salary cap ramifications on the whole until next year. <clears throat> in addition to that $15 million signing bonus, a $40 million guaranteed option bonus is coming a year from now in 2022. And what that would also do is um, prorate over the remaining four years of the contract. So he gets you know $40 million a year from now, um, but the cap hit is only $10 million a year from now. And the reason I did that option bonus is because I couldn't put it into 2021 because the bills are so tight up against the salary cap. It doesn't quite get him to Prescott's $60 million signing bonus, but $55 million in you know, a calendar year is, is pretty darn good. Um, Allen also gets three years of guaranteed money. The last year of his rookie deal plus the first two years of his new deal and so that's one of the reasons he has such a, a high fully guaranteed uh, number the structure is pretty straightforward it just adds that three million dollars in 2021 um, and then 2022 is the option bonus, uh, so that's the biggest chunk of his uh, compensation in 2022, $40 million in cash, plus he gets $8 million in salary. Um, so he gets $48 million in cash um, and $63 million over the first two years in guaranteed money. Again, that's, you know, that's how it comes to Dak Prescott, who got $60 million signing bonus. Allen gets $63, $64 million in the first year. Um, or first two seasons, but the first 18 months of the contract. In 2023, um, he gets a 33 million in additional compensation. Um, in 2024, it's 31 million in additional compensation. And then in 2025, it's uh, 47 million, sorry, 37 million dollars in additional compensation. So there's, you know, steady increases off the bat. There is a big cap hit increase from 2022 to 2023. That would be the year I would expect a new restructure to come and um, spread out the cap hit over the next like couple of years, um, bridging the gap to another contract extension in 2024 if and when you know Josh Allen continues to you know be a franchise quarterback. Um, 
there's $1 million incentive bonuses built in if uh, they win the Super Bowl and Allen plays 50% of the snaps that was in both Watson and Prescott's contracts as well. So just a nice, solid contract with huge um, money being thrown around. You can go check all that out at buffalorumlinks.com. And then when we get back from this quick break, I'm going to answer all the questions surrounding Josh Allen's contract projection that I posted on Monday. Don't go anywhere. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. We're back, and before I get into the questions about the Josh Allen contract extension, I wanted to let you know that over the course of the next month or so, I'll be doing my annual Ask Me Anything podcast where you can ask me anything uh, about buffalorumblings.com, about you know me personally, my life, whatever. It doesn't have to be a Buffalo Bills-related question. So you can start sending those questions in through our normal channels, uh, voicemail line 716-508-0405. You can tweet us, uh, email, uh, Facebook or Instagram messages, any way you want uh, to send in questions for our annual Ask Me Anything episode, which usually happens in mid uh, or early to mid July. Send in those questions now for our Ask Me Anything podcast. All right, over to our questions about Josh Allen's contract extension. And the main talking point of the comment section was, Uh, brought up, and it's a a topic that I've already addressed on our podcast here um, just over a month ago, Uh, but I wanted to readdress it just because so many people are asking about it, thinking that the quarterback compensation is getting kind of out of control. Um, Rockpile fan in our comment section asks, how about matching the 10-year term that Mahomes has we could keep Josh and Buffalo on a stable contract over those 10 years. The Bills could offer a contract for 10 years at 15% of that year's NFL cap, and they could be guarantees and all this other stuff. So um, the the percentage of the cap question. Um, Andrew Brandt, uh, former uh, Packers general manager, advisor to the Philadelphia Eagles, ESPN's uh, salary cap consultant, um, has his own podcast. Um, I, I truly do recommend it if you um, are interested in the business of football or the business of sports is what it's called. 
And he's talked about this before tying uh, an NFL quarterback's salary to the cap instead of a finite number. There's a few reasons that he doesn't think it's going to happen. Now, it's not specifically outlawed by the collective bargaining agreement, but in order for that to, like every contract has to be approved by the league. And so he doesn't think that the league would actually approve a percentage-based contract just because it's problematic um, and um, and sets a new precedent. They, they don't, he doesn't think they would want to open that box of percentage-based contracts. Um, you know, I, I, I like the idea of it, uh, but you know, in practice, like obviously this was the first year that the salary cap went down in the NFL uh, because of the COVID-19 loss of revenue. Um, so, you know, uh, it's it's a once in a lifetime event, I hope, and or certainly a once a career event for an NFL quarterback for the salary cap to go down. Um, it would help in some ways with long-term planning because you would know that it, it's always based on a percentage, but it would also mean that you didn't know what that number was going to be until very late in the process. And so if you're working in the margins of the NFL salary cap, you know, a couple million dollars here or there could, you know, make or break you. I mean, there's obviously always ways to get around that, but you know, the the whole cap doesn't exist crowd always talks about contract restructures and being able to push out money. If you're doing it as a percentage of the salary cap, there's no way for you to restructure that and push out money to later years unless you got even more creative with the language saying that it was you know specifically going to be paid out in later years as a roster bonus or something like that so it just becomes super super complex and complicated and um, unable to plan for and uh, as Andrew Brandt says if you don't think that the NFL owners are going to approve the deal um, it just it takes it really off the table for me um, you know, they have the time to do it between now and next year. If they really want to sit down and make it part of, you know, a percentage of the salary cap, if they really want to push the envelope, they can do that this offseason. And uh, folks in the comment section bring up that Brandon Bean and Josh Allen have both said that, you know, Allen isn't wired that way to be like, you know, the you know, to be a diva about it and be the most expensive paid quarterback in the NFL all the time and, you know, want more money and more money. He wants a team built around him. And so... You know, if that's true, then maybe this is the test case, you know, for the percentage thing. But until I get, you know, even a hint that that's going to happen or that it would even be possible, um, I'm just going to reiterate the fact that I don't think it's going to happen because it's never happened and it would have to be approved by the NFL. So that's why we can't um, tie Josh Allen's salary to a percentage of the salary cap. KG in the comments, KG1970. I would like to see him repeat last year's number in front of full stadiums before I pay him $40 million a year. That's not wrong. Um, I, I think that wanting proof of, you know, proof of idea is not a terrible concept here. Um, you know, remember, when you sign a contract like this, you're paying for future performance, not past performance. So you can't reward him for what he's done before. You have two years of Allen under contract. If you wait a year from now and two or three more quarterbacks sign 
uh, contracts. And now instead of paying him 40 mil- $41 million a year, you have to pay him 43 or $44 million a year. That's not going to make or break you. It's not going to make or break your salary cap. You know, it, all it is going to do is give you peace about actually signing the deal. I don't think there's a reason um, to do it this offseason. And so waiting so he can prove it again in front of full stadiums um, and um, not show a regression is, I think, prudent. Um, you know, I, again, that's not the most popular take on this thread, but I'm going to do that anyway. Um Digital Dreamer, given Allen's age, I would like to see the Bills try to get creative and do what the Vikings did with Kirk Cousins and offer a fully guaranteed deal of four years at $132 million. Um, you could mess with the signing, bonuses, cap hits, all that stuff, but guarantee the entire money. Um, this contract would average $33 million in cap hit, but also gives the team more flexibility, but gives him a lot more guaranteed money. Right. Um, but if you're Allen, you probably don't want that because then you're going to be underpaid in years, you know, three and four of the deal, and you're leaving, you know, ten to twenty million dollars on the table. Um, you know that that's a lot of money. So uh, first of all, let's start with the premise: no person in the NFL has ever signed a four-year fully guaranteed deal. Kirk Cousins signed a three-year fully guaranteed deal. I'm actually matching that. In this by giving him three-year 90 million dollar guaranteed deal it's actually more money than Kirk Cousins ever signed for um, in my contract so while the full contract isn't fully guaranteed um, the last two years aren't guaranteed in my scenario it's still a three-year fully million fully guaranteed contract with 96 million dollars which is more than Kirk Cousins ever signed for uh, so he signed a three-year fully guaranteed deal then a two-year fully guaranteed deal um, so I just I do not expect them to sign a fully guaranteed contract that goes beyond that three years that I was talking about. Good question, though. Um, fully guaranteed contracts. Um, you know, Alan might have the cachet to do that if he really wants to, um, but it would, you know, I'd be he would have to take a discount to get that to happen, like you suggested. Uh, that's a it's a good question and a good conversation piece. Chuck Wagon and a couple other folks in the comments. Um, I think a five to six year deal is optimal. Being able to mix the Mahomes deal and one of the top four QB deals that have recently been done, even though it's not common to do a contract for more than four years, there's nothing prohibiting it. Um, That's true, but again, Allen would be leaving money on the table unless you saw absolutely huge raises in year five and year six. So you're talking about like a $50 million salary in year five. Um, and a $54 million salary in year six. He's going to be underpaid in those years probably. If you wanted to tack those on at the end as non-guaranteed years, I'm perfectly fine with that. Um, I just don't see the need for it if you're the Bills or if you're Allen. Too much can change between now and then, um, but adding a couple of non-guaranteed years of you know $50 million to the end of the contract could bolster all of those numbers. And, um, you know, be a very interesting thing. But like, again, when you look at contracts, it's all about the guaranteed money. Um, And it's all about, you know, what that player is likely to see. If, you know, if Allen's playing well in year three, he's already going to get that $50 million a year contract extension by then or whatever the number is by then. And if he's not, you know, there's no reason like he would be cut anyways. And those are non-guaranteed years. So it's not really a big issue. 
it, it's more along the lines of, hey, let's figure that out in you know four years as opposed to trying to tack on these two artificial years at the end of a contract just to make it a $6 million contract. And especially because like, if you're Josh Allen, do you want to be tied to a team with, you know, that everything can change over the course of the next five years. You know, Brian Dable leaves, what's going to happen with the offensive coordinator job? You know, if you're Josh Allen, wouldn't you want, you know, escape hatch at some point over the next four years, Dable's around for the next year, and then say he gets hired somewhere else and takes, you know, the top offensive assistant, and now you've got, you know, an offense that's not clicking, and then you're on your third offense coordinator in three years because they can't find someone to replace Brian Dable. So if you're Josh Allen, do you want to tie yourself to a team with a defensive head coach? Um, I, I think that's part of it too. Um, you know, if you, if you're Deshaun Watson, which you know, let's not talk about his off-field stuff, but like, look at Deshaun Watson's situation right now. They have a brand new coach, a brand new offense, a brand new offensive coordinator. Like, what if he doesn't like David Cully? Um, he probably doesn't like David Cully. He doesn't like his ownership. Like, things can change over the course of a couple of years. And so, in 2020, Deshaun Watson signs a four-year deal. If he signed a six-year deal, you know, now he's really in trouble um on the field i mean not off the field stuff you know because of coaching changes uh, it, it just culture can shift very quickly um you know with andy reed in kansas city he's the head decision maker he's an offensive coach he could be the play caller if eric uh Bien-Ami leaves and becomes a head coach somewhere else like you have that stability for patrick mahomes of a 10-year contract but, you know, with Sean McDermott being the head coach in Buffalo, who's not the play caller, who's not in charge of personnel, who's, you know, a, a very good coach and a very good at creating culture, but a lot can change over the course of that six years. So I just don't think it benefits either side, really, to sign a six-year deal. Thanks for that question in our comment section. Finally, over to Twitter, where Indizone says, I'm not a capologist, but it feels like a conservative estimate. I'm expecting at least $100 million in guaranteed money. That's probably not insane. I mean, Dak Prescott had $95 million guaranteed at signing. Matt Ryan was $94.5 million guaranteed at signing. Um, not sure if that's fully guaranteed or, you know, um, you know practically guaranteed. Um, Spotrek uses those terminologies uh, kind of in uh, similarly but independently. So like Patrick Mahomes at $141 million practically guaranteed because he's going to play through those first five years of the deal. Dak Prescott $126 million because um, he's going to play through the first three years of that deal. So, you know, you can look at you know, fully guaranteed versus injury guarantees. Um, I think... 90 100 million somewhere in that range is is probably the number you're going to see it would be the highest in the nfl right now um, of any position um, the most that's guaranteed at signing was the 95 million for uh, dak prescott with his most recent deal thanks for your question over on twitter again that was a reply uh, directly to the at buff rumblings account not the rumblings q and a account that's going to do it for this week's episode. As always, you can submit your questions for next week or our Ask Me Anything podcast coming up in July by calling us at 
1-800-273-0405. You can tweet us at rumlingsq and a with the word and spelled out in the middle. Email buffalorumlings at sbnation.com. Facebook and Instagram messages will get to me as well. Lots of ways to get in touch with the show. Let your voice be heard. Whether it's Bill's question or an Ask Me Anything question, send them my way and go Bills.